How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jack Daw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 14 Electrify You Watching the engraving machine carve the last of the design into the back of the prosthetic hand, Darth Vader impatiently tapped a finger against the casing of the machine. The suns, the moons, the storm, all were already engraved on the hand. The only thing that was left was the star paths, intricate and swirling and ancient. A path run by the first runner, guiding a thousand of their siblings to freedom under the watchful eyes of the moons, the storms sending the winds to carry them up into the heavens, where they now rested as constellations amongst the very stars that had aided their escape. It had been his favorite tale as a child and child, his mother telling it to him in hushed whispers whenever the nights had been clear enough for them to sneak out of their hovel and look towards the sky. The ones who had escaped. How he'd wished and prayed and hoped to be one of them one day. More so than even a Jedi, he had hoped to be free. Sometimes he wished he could have taken his adolescent self by the shoulders and shaken some sense into him. Freedom for him would be nothing like the stories, and that the pain would come for him no matter what. Nothing would stop that pain, not even freedom. And he had likely never deserved to live without it in the first place. Well, one thing stopped the pain, something he had thought lost to him for such a long time. Now he dared hope again that the child for which the prosthesis was meant would find it in his heart to... to... would thinking it doom it never to be. And it was a superstitious thought that made a spark of irritation at himself prick sharply underneath his skin. At this point, however, he knew better than to doubt that it wasn't possible. He'd lost too much, done too much, to know now that a single, insignificant thing could ruin one's life beyond compare. Or save it. He had never expected all those months ago that clicking on a video link would lead to this. The engraving machine ground to a halt as the slivers of metal disappeared along with the water jet, and Vader resolutely put the thought out of mind. He had work to do now that they had finalized the design. Four days, and Luke's bandages and Bacta were about ready to come off, which meant that he would be ready to be fitted with the prosthesis, and finally begin the process of reclaiming his place aboard the Lady. For that, though, he would need a fully functional prosthesis, and since the design had been finalized only yesterday, it had meant working through the night for Vader with only his necessary hours of meditation breaking his rhythm. Between that and some liberal use of the dark, he had configured the internal mechanisms and the wiring done to Luke's specifications. The child had been incredibly smug when he had been forced to concede partial defeat. Much of the outer casing was also complete. Each part had to be cut and polished down to the micrometer in order to render a prosthesis for the little one that wouldn't require cumbersome gloves and casings in order to keep the dust out of the machinery. The other casing would be a work of art, yes, but also state-of-the-art in how it would behave, 
while the core machinery moved as closely to a flesh-and-blood hand as he could get it, even though it would look like anything but flesh-and-blood. The enamel powder for the coating had already been mixed in the machine that would apply it, both the highlight color of desert sand for the grooves and the base color of porcelain white for most of the paneling. With the right procedures, the substance would harden to the point that he doubted even his lightsaber would be able to scratch it, and with a generous amount of ferrule powder added to the enamel, as well as forming the basis of much of the metal used in the prosthesis for components and plating, he didn't doubt that it would weather a great many things. If Luke's track record was anything to go off of, it would need to, especially if he would be using the utility capabilities built into the arm, which, as an engineer, he didn't doubt the child would. Taking the final, finished plate over to the workbench in the newly restored and repaired workshop, Vader set to work gathering the other plates with a sweep of the dark. Picking up every last, still bare piece of metal casing, he walked over towards the enameling machine, a trail of pieces floating behind him in a procession of mechanical expertise. Walking through the workshop, Vader couldn't help but marvel at how quickly the engineering corps had pulled together in order to restore the workspace of their commanding officer to working order. Engineer Livon had given report that work had finished for the time being, and that once Luke was declared fit for duty, it would be ready for him, with new add-ons and gadgets to boot. All checked personally for signs of foul play, of course. The workshop would require yet more work to be fully restored to its original splendor, but between the manpower available and the orders Livon had placed for some additional specialized equipment that the workshop had been lacking so far, the engineering corps was confident that they would be able to raise the bar even higher once they'd truly completed work on the space. Vader hadn't quite known what to say aside from praising the engineer and his corps for a job well and swiftly done, the actions taken by the other engineers speaking of a level of respect and genuine care for the little star that felt like looking into a mirror. Livon had told him with a small smile that it had been a unanimous decision to bump up the workshop in the priority list of what would be worked on. Even though it would be another week or two before Luke would be able to rejoin his corps, he would at least know that he was wanted back as swiftly as possible, even setting aside the other preparations underway for an event to convey that message. A sentiment so familiar that for a moment he had heard an echo of himself. Reaching the enameling machine and flicking through the component files he had already uploaded into the machine's CPU, he selected the file for the palm and wrist panels. There wasn't much engraving at all on those panels, and they would be less visible than the other plates, so for a test run of the colors and enameling process, they were ideal. Popping open the cover and directing the plates to float inside, he began selecting the coloring process as necessary for the ferro-laced enamel. Enamel it may be, but the chemical properties of the minerals added for color could get rather unpredictable with the addition of such a rare metal into the mix. He had done the calculations and experiments necessary, but the result still had a margin of error that he wasn't entirely comfortable with when it came to something that would adorn the little star in such a momentous way. Selecting the final process and clicking the cover shut with a snap of the dark, he sent a jolt through the machine to begin the enameling process on the plates. With the slow hums and groans of an awakening beast, the machine creeps to life, and with precise, Laser focus, it began the task of coating the entire plate in a thick layer of the powdered minerals and metals that would make the glass-like covering for the plating hard as a diamond. The machine moved slowly, and while it was a tedious task, Vader never let his eyes stray from the enameling machine. If all went well, he would believe that the machine would be able to handle this particular setup of materials well enough to be left alone while he continued work on the arm. The interior machinery may be largely finished, but more fine-tuning could always be done, especially when it came down to something as delicate as simulated nerve endings. 
The last time he had checked, the data the medics had provided him with on Luke's personal physiology and his neural mapping would hopefully be enough to get as close as possible to a proper nerve input as the child would have been used to. However, even with the extensive data and both him and Luke working to improve the prosthesis to the highest point of perfection achievable with the current scientific limits, there were still discrepancies between the output of the neural ports and the output of Luke's actual output. Rather major discrepancies, in fact, before he had fine-tuned the hand. It had been odd, to say the least. The neural output they had been set to had been well within the range of an average human, and yet it hadn't been nearly enough. The medics had been unsure as to what to do when confronted with the issue, suggesting that there was some sort of error at play, or that Luke's body was actually rejecting the neural ports, despite there being no evidence of such. He had promptly shut such inquiries down for the useless prattle it was, and begun adjusting the limb in accordance to Luke's needed output. Theories and such were all well and good, but they shouldn't get in the way of actually searching for a solution to the issue presented. Luke wouldn't have been able to properly operate his hand, despite everything being linked up as it should with the current outputs. Or rather, he would have been able to operate his hand with the precision, speed, and power of an average human, which functionally meant that Luke wouldn't have been able to use it at all, due to the sheer dissonance, not even considering that his profession requires steady hands for some of the finer detail work of engineering. Thankfully, it had been, while not an easy remedy, still a very doable one, which required he recalibrate and even rewire some of the components in the hand for extra fine motor control. All this meant that, even if Luke's prosthesis were to match another amputee's measurements by some miracle, they still wouldn't be able to use the hypersensitive prosthesis. It would be, in all ways, a limb as unique to Luke as his remaining organic ones were. He just hoped that the coloring designed for all this would work as well as the simulated nerves now did. Watching anxiously as the machine deposited the last of the powder and began to heat up, he prayed to the Force and the Dark that he had done this right, that he would be able to deliver this project to Luke with no delays or mistakes. Through the hardened plastic-steel viewing port, he could see how the heating elements within the machine began to heat up to immense temperatures, metal and powder alike turning red-hot with the heat, then a bright white. The lenses and his mask prevented the light from blinding him, but he had no doubt that if a person were to walk in at this moment without the proper safety gear on, the light would sting their eyes and perhaps even cause damage. Moments went by as the timer steadily counted down, beeping cheerfully when the enameling process finally finished, the heating elements within the machine promptly shutting off as the heat sinks kicked into gear with a loud, whirring drone. When that too was finally finished, the cover unlocked with a click, and the contents inside were made available for proper viewing and, more importantly, handling. Lifting the curved, still-cooling pieces of plating, Vader could only think that the lingering heat was most appropriate for what these pieces would eventually become. Perhaps not a real hand, but something very close to it nonetheless. He hoped it would be enough for Luke. Carefully holding up the freshly enameled piece to the lights of the workshop, Vader felt a thrill run through him once he realized that, while the exact hue was impossible to determine for him, thanks to the red haze the lenses in his mask cast over everything, the colors were even, crisp, and the lines of the engraving were suitably darkened and sharp. No spots, no chips, no places where the enamel had slipped away and left bare alloy behind. It was, on a technical level, a picture-perfect example of proper and successful enameling. Heaving a sigh of relief, he directed the next piece of paneling into the machine, alongside a quick selection of the next set of files. The task had proceeded without a hitch, and the process of enameling every piece of paneling necessary for the limb they had designed could now begin. 
which meant that he would be able to spend the time in between switching out pieces, working on refining the last few systems of Luke's hand, something which he promptly proceeded to do once he had fed the next panel to the enameling machine. Turning his attention once more to the skeletal construct that was Luke's prosthesis resting on the workbench, grabbing tools scattered around the workshop with the dark as he went, Vader trailed towards the workbench while surrounded by a whole host of little satellites. Turning his attention fully towards the machinery, he hardly noticed it whenever a piece had finished firing and cooling down with a cheerful little chime, directing the finished pieces to swap out with the unfinished ones floating within his cloud of satellites whenever the dark prodded at him. Hydro spanner and screwdriver, solder and wiring, a minute adjustment here and there as facilitated by the dark, a component reshaped mere micrometers thanks to a careful pulse of dark and fire. Work as fine as filigree and poorly suited to the brute hands of his own prostheses, but it had to be done if the little star was to get the best experience he could possibly deliver. Terranium, feral, and a dozen rare and difficult-to-work-with metals were present within the arm, either for their durability, their special properties, or simply because nothing else would do. Luke's arm would be a true marvel of engineering, a showcase of a dozen different materials' properties at their best. And from when he had been unable to ignore his own instincts and the urgings of the dark, with the single best mineral for processing speed within the prosthesis' systems, microscopic shards of kyber crystal that have been utilized as the data processors, acting as the best conductors for data and electricity that any engineer could ask for. He hadn't known what had possessed him to make the change in the design once the discrepancy between Luke's natural nervous system and the artificial one in the arm had come to light, but the force had been absolutely insistent and he couldn't say that he disagreed. The fact that Luke's arm now shone out to him like a beacon that he didn't doubt he would be able to find in even the foggiest of nights certainly didn't have anything to do with his soothed state of mind. Certainly not. When he was, at last, satisfied with the sensitivity of the hand and the neural output had been balanced with the input, Vader brought the finished pieces of enameled plating towards him while directing the last one into the machine. Assembling the pieces in front of him into a loose, but accurate formation of how the casing would fit together, he saw the arm begin to take shape before his eyes. Slightly shifting the pieces here and there so that the attachment points of the plating aligned with those of the internal structure, Vader admired his handiwork. It would take one last plate for the arm to be completed, and while he wished he could speed up the process by simply beginning with attaching the plating, the fact of the matter was that he couldn't. Every plate was slot into place with the ladder in an intricate puzzle that ended with a hermetically closed casing for the prosthesis, tough enough to stand up to blast and blaster if necessary. A hand fit for an engineer and runner, capable of withstanding even the sands and storms of the desert if need be. The enameling machine beeped sharply, and the loud whirring sound indicated the start of the cooling cycle of the enamel. Nearly jittery with how close the finish of the project loomed, Vader nonetheless waited standing utterly still and holding the plating in place. Seconds passed agonizingly slow, and once the machine's rattling and roaring subsided and the cover clicked open, it was all that he could do to not simply yank it off in his haste to get the last piece of plating. Like a white and silver arrow, the plating component shot through the air and joined its siblings in the formation floating around the skeletal interior of the arm, curves and angles, the plating, even in the loose formation it was currently floating in, looked incredibly organic in shape already. If it weren't for the porcelain white coloring and the darker coloring of the desert sand running through the grooves of the engraving, people might have even been fooled by it at first glance. As it stood, it would be a unique, eye-catching statement all its own. Preparing finally to finish the hand, Vader reached into the dark 
and the fire that hid within it. Burning, smoldering, it was painful on the bet of day to touch it and agonizing on the worst. However, in select cases, it had its uses as well. Like, for instance, when the plating components would all need to be affixed simultaneously to achieve the absolute best fit, and one wouldn't ordinarily be able to reach into the arm to solder and fuse them in place. With the fire resting in the dark, however, the task would be trivial. With a flick of the dark and a carefully guiding hand, the plating began to float into place. The edges that were honed to perfection clicked together like puzzle pieces, the underlayers of brass-colored plating slotting together without so much as a seam to show for it in some places. The dark curled around the seams, now invisible to the naked eye, through it and into the arm, where the underside of the plating finally rested on the connector points. Humming of fire, heat, and burning, the metals fused with one another under the laser-targeted heat, binding the plating to the arm. Then the overplating, enameled and pristine, was fitted over it, seams and grooves alike highlighted for beauty if not function. A careful repeat, some prodding with the force and the dark to connect the neural sensors with the artificial nerves, the plating with the moving parts of the arm a minute or two to fully cool down, and the hand was complete. Organic lines and artificial material, that had been the goal. As he rested the arm down onto the workbench, finally fully finished and ready to be used by the little star, he couldn't help but think that his efforts had resulted in a resounding success. Gentle curves formed the unmistakable shape of an arm as real as any flesh, pristine white and a darker, what he knew to be sandy color, that curled and twisted all over the hand in intricate and delicate lines that spoke of the history its future owner held within his heart. Objectively speaking, the prosthesis was a thing of beauty, and one that would hopefully be worthy of the little star. Carefully letting the dark pick it up, Vader directed the hands to float in front of him as he headed over to the various protective cases shelved in one of the corners of the room, shaped to safely contain everything from the size of a single computer chip to the whole computer itself. The protective cases were essential for the task of transporting prototypes and the like, or in this case, a prosthesis. Selecting one of the longer cases, he clicked the case open and began compressing the memory foam inside it to a more suitable shape for the arm. The dark made quick work of the foam, and with a wave of his hand, the prosthesis floated inside and the case clicked shut. Extending his grasp with the dark, he released the arm in favor of taking hold of the protective case, lifting it up into the air and directing it to trail after him as he walked. Checking the chrono in the workshop, he realized that he had finished just in time. A little less than an hour from now was the time for Luke's appointment in which, hopefully, he would be deemed fully healed and ready to start acclimating to a prosthesis. Setting a brisk pace as he swept past the workbench, he set out a wave of the dark through all the systems present, directing the workshop back into sleep mode as he ordered the repaired and replaced blast doors to open and allow him through, an order that was promptly obeyed, as with a chirp of the lock and a hiss of hydraulics the double doors slid open. Stalking through them in long strides, Vader began the journey back to the medical wing. Down the hallway and through the main hangar, he ignored all the curious stares as he walked by with a black case floating behind him without anything visible to hold it up, curious and fearful. Ever since he had executed Ozel four days ago in a manner befitting the utter weight of space, fear had skyrocketed in the people around him, wherever he trod near, with only a few tentative exceptions. The troopers who had seen worse things on the battlefield than him melting a dead man walking into a shape more akin to what lay inside. The medics, or at least part of them, who were the ones to deal with any corpses left in his wake, 
and for some reason he couldn't quite fathom out, the latest admiral of the lady, Piet. And Luke. Always Luke. Even when he had told the child what had become of the traitor, he hadn't flinched or feared for a moment. A behavior that he would ordinarily consider foolish in anyone else, but that only reflected in bravery on Luke. They had been in agreement on his actions. You didn't let an enemy live. It was a comforting thought as he strode through the miasma of fear and terror that his very presence evoked in the people around him, the dark hissing and swelling with satisfaction at the veritable feast. Strength poured into his veins, and he used the extra power to hasten his pace just a little past what was strictly normal. The dark cushioned his footfalls and smoothed his stride, even as normally his bones would be jarring against his prostheses. Not now, though, and with smooth, swift strides, he walked into the elevator, bypassing the troopers stationed there with a quick nod of acknowledgement as he selected his destination, weaving the dark into the very systems of the lady and inputting the binary as necessary. An elevator quickly came up to meet him, and striding in he reached out to close the doors with the threat of the dark, as natural as breathing, frivolous others might have said in his past, frivolous use that was not what the force was meant for. He couldn't understand how that could be said when it was like restricting yourself to only the use of your right hand when your left was simply right there. He remembered the first time he had set foot aboard the lady, half finished as she was, and how it had been as natural as breathing to extend himself throughout the force and weave into her very being, slipping between the atoms and twisting through the electric blips of binary. Natural, even if others might have had strenuous objections to the use of that word in regard to machinery. Now he knew how to turn the lady to his hand with a mere twist of a thread of reality and a little leeway in the laws of physics. It had proven advantageous more than once. The elevator dinged softly and the doors slid open, allowing him to stride into the lobby and hallways beyond. He would need to walk some distance yet to the medical wing, but with the dark to hasten his steps and with a little star to guide the way, the ground between them melted away with each haste-filled step. Down the A1, through the various hallways, and into the medical wing's lobby took nary any time at all from his perspective, and he was unsure if that was simply because he had been so focused on the gleaming little beacon of iridescence ahead of him, or whether he had subconsciously used the dark to hasten his travels. He hardly cared to know either, as checking the chrono in the lobby told him that while he had made it here in good time, Luke was likely waiting for him. Sweeping into and through the lobby without bothering to check in with the receptionist beyond exchanging two looks that told him the utterly apathetic man would note his arrival for the record's sake and nothing else, Vader made his way towards the recovery ward. He encountered various medical personnel on his way there, and while there was a puzzling lack of fear there, what was even more perplexing to him was the quiet, knowing smiles they would sometimes get when their gaze met his. It was thoroughly odd, and for all that he didn't know what to make of it, he wasn't inclined to ask any questions either. He was even less inclined when a familiar door dawned upon him that marked the end of his journey and the beginning of, hopefully, something new for the little star that was shining just beyond that door. Opening the door, he quietly stepped through into the room beyond, down the little hallway and towards the chatter of voices ahead. The deeper cadence of what were unmistakably the clones assigned to keep Luke safe in the eventuality that the conspiracy had any remnants aboard would be foolhardy enough to tangle with him and Luke again, and the lighter, more musical cadence of the little star himself. Stepping around the corridor, he found himself right in the middle of a heated debate as Luke excitedly gestured towards Boomer while holding up his comm, chattering about the... Oh, Force. 
He halted in the doorway, but it was too late to retreat as Luke's eyes snapped over to him and the force instantly flared to life with the little one's consternation. You! Luke yelled at him, jamming a finger in his direction. Oh, I have a bone to pick with you! Swallowing in a manner that was definitely not marked by nervousness, he stepped forward into the room, settling down the protective case on one of the unused beds as the clones scattered out of the way to give him his space at Luke's bedside. Is that so, Luke? he asked, trying to keep his tone light. In what manner are we speaking now? Like you don't know? Luke shot back, grabbing his data pad before Luke could get a word in edgewise and projecting the familiar formatting of security camera footage through the hollow projector. Before he could even begin to protest against what he had a strong suspicion was going to be played, Luke had hit the play button and the footage started rolling. The grand gates of the main hangar flickered into view, ordinary and innocuous, and Vader preemptively stifled a wince as he realized what was about to happen. The gates stayed as they were for a while longer, traffic and people milling about at their base. Then the shadows started to lengthen everywhere and writhe in a manner signature to the dark, longer and wilder, longer and wilder, until the gate shook like they were hit with a bomb, tearing and shattering like paper and ceramic. Static shot across the security footage as the camera was obviously shaken through the storm and back, footage corrupting and distorting in strokes even as the device clearly attempted to continue recording what was going on as the gates were torn asunder and clouds of dust and powdered metal kicked up into the air. Luke's hand flashed out towards the play button, and the footage froze picture-perfect on a black blur tearing through the screen, too fast for the camera to track. Vader was no longer looking at the security footage, however. No, he had found himself being stared down by Luke, the Force hissing with the irritation and frustration flowing off the little one in waves. He didn't dare say a word as bright eyes effortlessly bypassed the lenses and stared directly into his own, blazing and determined. That, Luke said flatly, was footage from a week ago. The Force flared an annoyance and prodded sharply at him as if in response to it. Quite obviously so, he agreed, hopefully keeping his tone neutral enough not to betray his own nervousness. He wasn't quite sure why the little star was inspiring such feelings, but he knew that he had the oddest sense of deja vu as he looked down at a bubbling source of irritation and frustration, ready to blow. It was a sense he wasn't too keen to explore. And do you know what I got in response when I just messaged Erebus over it a moment ago? Luke kissed toward him, eyes blazing. No, though I presume that you will tell me, he ventured carefully. He told me, Luke hissed, voice nearly a whisper, that they were waiting on fixing the damage until I was back on active duty. Vader nearly caved to a wince as he suddenly realized why all the repairs had been proceeding as rapidly as they had. Oh, that wasn't good. And they're going to let me deal with ordering all the specialized components, since apparently they have faith that I'll be able to cut through some of the red tape. Sparks of incredulity and awe were budding around him, and he abruptly realized that outside of his and Luke's little bubble, the clones were looking in on what was unfolding. Unfortunately, that revelation wasn't enough to pull him away from the blazing eyes that were boring straight into his own. You are displeased with this situation, he noted carefully. And when the force abruptly swept over him in a tide of ire, he knew it had been the wrong thing to say. Displeased? Luke growled. Yeah, you could say that. You could really fucking say that. He tossed the data pad further away in a fit of pique. Did you even think about what would happen if you just did that? He nearly yelled. That, at least, was a question he could answer honestly. I did, 
he offered. I thought it was a more than acceptable sacrifice if it meant getting faster to you. That seemed to strike something within the little star as the ire and the force faltered in favor of something vulnerable and fragile, bright eyes losing their burning fire for a moment as they widened in surprise. The whole room felt as if it were standing on a precipice, and Vader distantly registered that even the clones had frozen in place. Then those bright eyes abruptly closed, as Luke hung his head for a moment and pinched the bridge of his nose, muttering uncomplimentary things under his breath. Fine, he said at last as he glanced back up over his fingers to glare at Vader, the bubbling irritation cooling down to a simmer as he looked him in the eyes. Thank you for that, he said, sincerely and only slightly begrudgingly. That means a lot. But I want to make one thing clear. Relieved that Luke was apparently no longer gearing up towards a boiling point, he dipped his head in preemptive agreement, hoping to forestall any further escalation. Yes, Luke. Luke dropped his hand from his face entirely in favor of jabbing a finger at him. You were going to be the one to order those parts, not me. If I have to repair those damn things, I want the parts to already be there by the time I start, got it? I do not believe that is quite how this works, little one, he attempted to protest, mindful of the fact that the clones were most definitely still present. But Luke narrowed his eyes to a truly frigid glare. You broke it, he said, accentuating each word with a pointed jab towards Vader with his finger, which means that you supply the parts so it can get fixed. I'll repair the damn things, but these aren't your tie advanced. I can't just modify other parts for them. You want this fixed? You order the sunstung parts and get them delivered, or that hole stays right where it is. And he wanted to argue with that statement as the Supreme Commander of the Lady and the Armed Forces, ordering parts for the repair of a ship most definitely did not fall under his duties, but... But Luke was already teetering on the edge of ire again, and for whatever reason, he would be loath, absolutely loath, to be the reason he tipped over into anger, as if ordering the parts for the Lady's Grand Gates was what spared Luke that then. Very well, Luke, he conceded, ignoring the abrupt spots of shock and bafflement that bloomed in the forest at a couple of paces to his left. So be it. Luke gave him a flat look as he registered those words. You are most gracious, he retorted in a voice sarcastic enough to burn. Shaking his head, he sighed. Really, though, the whole gates, he muttered. And Vader flushed slightly as he remembered that he truly hadn't been thinking at his clearest when he had done that. You were injured and unconscious, he retorted instead. But I was not about to wait for them to open on their own. Luke glanced up to him before directing his eyes back at the security footage still displayed over the hollow projector. I appreciate the sentiment behind it, I guess, he said at last, voice quiet and soft, the ire and the force soothing over into something gentle in its entirety. But please, no more wrecking one-of-a-kind equipment. Not when I'm the one who's going to have to repair it. I make no promises, replied evenly. If the situation were to repeat itself, I would make the same choice regardless of the damage it would cause. He would, too. Regardless of how many times he were made to order the parts for the Grand Gates by his little star, if Luke were still there to make him do it, it would be worth all that and so, so much more. Luke shot him a look that was half exasperation and half incredible fondness before flopping back against his pillow. I suppose that's the best I can ask for, he muttered as he glared at the data pad still situated at the foot of his bed. Indeed it is, he agreed easily. Now then, was that all? he asked pointedly. 
causing Luke to shoot him an unamused look back. Unless you blew anything else up that Boomer has yet to tell me no, Luke shot back, before a sudden dread sunk into the Force. Well, you didn't blow anything else up, right? He asked, a frantic edge to his voice. I swear, if another TIE ADX-1 bit the dust while I wasn't looking, I'm gonna- Remain in bed until such a time when the medics clear you, he finished sternly. And as for blowing something up, he said as he cast a glance over at the clones who had so far remained silent and were, nearly all with various expressions of shock, carefully constructed blandness, and slowly donning glee, the force around them chattering with realization, that might become a problem. I am unaware of any actions taken on my part that could point towards that kind of report, but the Vode have apparently been rather diligent in requesting security footage they certainly do not have the security clearance for he said pointedly, shooting a glare from out of the corner of his eye towards the loose cluster of men. A glare which clearly did nothing to translate for Boomer as the man cheerfully beamed at him. Now, we just requested this particular bit of security footage, my lord, he told Vader cheerfully. Well, we and the rest of the whole lady, he admitted flippantly. Somehow that didn't surprise him. Go easy on them, Luke chided quietly a soft laugh playing around the corners of his mouth now that he was no longer cross with Vader. They were just sharing the major beats of last week with me, and with what you did, there was no way you were going to be thrown out of the highlight reel. And normally, he would at the very least reprimand Boomer for his behavior, but this time, he might just let it slide. Just this once. Turning away from the sergeant, he ignored the surprise, and below that, careful consideration growing within the Force. He hardly cared for how this would affect his reputation, and he didn't think anyone would forget any time soon about what happens to those who thought he could neither protect or avenge those under his wing. Besides, it hardly compared to the quiet joy that flitted through the Force like Nubian hummingbirds when he looked back towards Luke, the little star looking on in clear approval. He didn't doubt that many would say he was being blatantly influenced by the little one, and to them he would say that it was, quite obviously, for all to see is the truth. He hardly minded, though. A thump sounded through the room, and someone cleared their throat not long after. Looking over, he was hardly surprised to find Boomer rubbing the back of his head while shooting an affronted look at Commander Cody, who had just stepped forward. Pardon me, my lord, he said, perfectly respectful and simultaneously incredibly judgmental. But was there a reason for your visit? With that, he shot a pointed look towards the case still situated on the bed. If I may be honest, my lord, I truly hope that isn't an explosive he quipped dryly, and Luke squawked out an indignant sound as he chucked one of his pillows towards the commander. Too soon, he scolded with a grin that was closer to a display of bared teeth than mirth, executing a perfect one-handed toss. Find another joke! The pillow sailed through the air and hit the clone with surprising force, knocking the man off balance and right into Apo, who himself bumped into Hex. All three clones went stumbling, and while any one of the men would have easily regained their balance, Three pairs of flailing arms and stumbling legs was a recipe for disaster that ended with all three VODs sprawled over the floor and Luke beaming very smugly as they scrambled to right themselves. Was that really necessary, sir? Cody groaned as he worked himself back to his feet. Yes, Luke sniffed unsympathetically. It served you right. Then he turns to Vader, and he could see the curiosity spring to life like plants after the rain. He did have a good question, though. Luke admitted as he looked towards Vader with open curiosity. Why are you here? I do hope you did not forget your appointment, little one, he answered amusedly. If you are declared fully healed, it will be time to fit you with your first prosthesis 
and begin the process of integration and acclimatization. Luke's eyes widens to approximately the size of saucers as they flicked between him and the case on the bed. You finished it? He whispered. You really... He cut off. Seemingly unable to bring himself to say it aloud, and Vader could sympathize with that all too well. Yes, he confirmed quietly. I did. Within that case is your own prosthesis, little one. Fine-tuned and finished. I do believe you will find that a very good fit for you indeed. Luke clasped a hand over his mouth as he looked at the case with wide eyes, a beaming smile slowly beginning to form underneath it. And Vader could have looked at that slowly dawning sense of realization and joy the whole while it was unfolding, but the sound of a clearing throat directed his attention back over towards the clones. I'm sorry, my lord, Apo said, staring just as wide-eyed at the case as Luke and every other clone in the room. Did you just say you finished it? I did, he answered curtly. The prosthesis Luke will be receiving will be of our shared design and by make. Your design, Luke corrected quickly, never taking his eyes off the case. I just helped fine-tune it here and there. You did quite a bit more than that, little one, he retorted. It was a shared design, as it should be. Now then, shall we take a look? He was cut off by the door lock clicking open, and the pneumatic hiss of the actual door sliding open, footsteps making themselves known and Vader quickly realized he had allowed himself to get distracted by the little star and the Vaudet to the point that he had missed the approach of the medics. Apparently that little less than an hour had passed, and it was time for the moment of truth, as Luke's neural connection ports would, hopefully for the last time, be scrutinized by Medic Pelly to judge whether or not the Bacta had integrated the ports far enough into the little star's body to be considered fully healed. Medic Pelly, who was currently striding into the room alongside Medic Valent, was scanning over all of them with an inscrutable gaze, the effect of which was unfortunately ruined by the fact that the Force hummed with equal amounts of nervous energy from Luke and her. Gentlefolk, she greeted the room at large, offering a small bow aimed towards Vader before turning her attention solely towards Luke. Now then, I doubt anyone here is much in the mood for small talk, so should we simply begin, Luke? Luke nodded eagerly as he smiled at her. Yes, please, I'm ready to get rid of this bandage. He turns towards Medic Valent, with just as bright a smile and nodded towards her, too. And hello to you, too, Mira, he said happily. Hey, kid, she greeted back with a grin, placing the metal tray she was holding down on the nightstand with a thump. Let's get this done, shall we? I'm sure you'll tired of the smell of pineapple by now. Pelly rolled her eyes good-naturedly at her colleague, but refrained from making a comment, instead choosing to focus on Luke. You're aware that this might not happen for a bit longer yet if this examination fails to live up to expectations, right? She asked, as she walked over towards Luke's bedside, Vader carefully stepping out of her way to allow her the space needed to work. Sure, Luke agreed, but I've got a good feeling about this, he said as he flashed her a beaming smile. I don't think I'll be wearing this bandage for much longer. Well then, she said as she took a seat, smiling slightly, we'll see whether your hypothesis is right or not, hmm? On, please. Luke stuck out his bandaged arm, and with quick, deft motions, Medic Pelly began unwinding the thick cloth packaging around the stump that held the back to patches in place. Ream after ream of cloth fell away, gathered up by Medic Valent and placed into one of the metal trays, up, over, under, and once more, until at last the transparent plastic of the back to patches became visible, a by now familiar cloudy color. Once those two had been removed... Valent handed Pelly a towel, with which she swiftly began to wipe away the residual bacta in deft motions, 
Once the towel was nearly dripping with the thick, viscous liquid and Luke's arm was nearly entirely dry, she began her examination. Already Vader could see that her examination was proceeding much quicker, making it clear who was the trained professional in this aspect between the two of them, even if he did have two decades of experience caring for amputee stumps under his belt. He also suspected that the ability to examine for potential wounds would be helped by being able to visually distinguish more than just various shades of red, even if he had become rather proficient in differentiating between those. Trailing her fingers along the ports and pushing them in all manner of direction with the gentle patience of a healer, she worked her way through the gridwork of these smaller neural connection ports, her smile growing minutely with each one. When the last of the neural connection ports had been checked, and she moved on to the last two anchor points, the whole room was abuzz with anticipation and a tumbled mess of joyous and nervous emotions that he hardly had the time to bother unraveling. When she was apparently satisfied with how the anchor ports had integrated as well, she fished out a peculiar, nearly pen-like device and two plastic cases that looked like it contained disposable attachments. Attaching the first to the device with a click and a snap of the plastic that left behind a thin needle-like tip, she took hold of the arm once more. All right, Luke, she said, a hint of joy tinging her voice, even as her signature practically sang with it. This is a tool to help with the neural connection assessment. In order to get a proper read on how well your nerves are communicating with the ports, I'm going to have to insert this into them and stimulate the nerves a little to get a read on them. It should tingle, but not hurt, okay? If it hurts, something is amiss, and I need you to tell me right away, understand? Luke nodded swiftly, determination overtaking his expression as he looked at the ports scattered over his stump. Yes, sir, he acknowledged seriously. Medic Pally nodded in return and spun the instrument around in her hand. All right, then, let's begin. With that, she inserted the very tip of the needle into the cylindrical indent of the first port, and Vader could pinpoint the exact moment that the device activated with the shiver that ran through Luke's body. Any pain? Pelly asked, concern tinging her signature as she read off the results on the little hollow display. None, Luke answered immediately, and the force rang with the truth. It feels oddly tingly, just like you said, but no pain. Pelly hummed as she pulled the tester out of the port. Well, that one's a full clear, so only a couple more than a dozen to go. After that, the process sped up, with Pelly swiftly inserting the testing tool into one port after the other, only speaking to check on Luke's well-being and state that the port was clear. After the last of the minor ports was clear, she popped off the current attachment into the medical tray Valent held up for her, and with the same motions she attached a different attachment, larger and blunter than the last, clearly meant for the anchor ports. All right, she said as she held the tester by the radius port. Now, I'm afraid that these two are going to hurt a bit, she said as she flashed to Luke an apologetic smile that quickly turned sympathetic as Luke clenched his jaw. It's only these two that are left, though, and they should take only about five seconds each, so try to hang in there. Won't blame me if you want to hold someone's hand, kid, Valen told him sympathetically, the lines in her face emphasizing her grimace. Squeezing something can certainly take your mind off things. Luke shot a quick, worried look towards Vayner and no more words were needed for him to take up position at Luke's left side and offer his hands to the little star, an offer that was gratefully accepted as the force hummed with a brief flash of comfort and calm. To Medic Pally's credit, while her force signature flared with a small measure of surprise, none of it showed in her face, and merely clenched her own jaw when Luke nodded. All right, on the count of three. One, two. The tester went into the radius port and immediately Luke hissed through clenched teeth as his signature lit up with pain, the hand invader's own squeezing tightly. One, 
two, three, four. Agonizingly slow seconds passed before Pelly took the tatcher out of the porch with all due haste. Luke's shoulders slumping in relief, sweat beating on his brow. Clear, she told him, as she read off the numbers displayed on the screen before looking back up to Luke. Do you think you can handle the owner as well, Luke? Yeah, Luke panted, shaking his head as the afterimages of pain still rang in the force. Let's get this over with. Pelly pressed her lips into a thin line and nodded, bringing up the tester to the final anchor port. All right, one, two. Another flare of pain shook through the force, and Vader watched helplessly as Luke once more gritted his teeth against a torment he was unable to stop and could only hope would end in one, two, three, four. Claire, Pelly said as she pulled out the tester, Luke slumping even deeper this time as the pain fully ebbed away. That's an all clear. Thank the fucking desert, Luke muttered under his breath in his own tongue, and Vader couldn't help but agree. That was something he hoped the little star would never have to do again. While Luke caught his breath, Pelly began filing in the results into her datapad, measuring the results against the baseline averages and smiling as the results came in. Well, she said lightly, a smile firmly in place. It's safe to say that according to all parameters, you're ready to be taken off of the Bacter entirely, Luke. Loud cheers rung out through the recovery ward as the clones clapped and whistled, Luke grinning wide as he rested his torso against Vader's side. "'Guess this means I'm ready for a prosthesis now?' he asked, a tinge of hope in his voice. Pelly glanced over the numbers one last time with a critical eye, everyone who was able in the ward holding their breath for her verdict until at last she smiled again and nodded. "'Yes, yes you are.' The cheers swelled into something truly deafening as the clones slapped each other on the back and even leaned in to ruffle Luke's hair with wide smiles, celebrating like a battle had been won, and Vader couldn't have agreed more with the sentiment. Luke, for his part, sighed deeply and let himself relax fully against Vader's side, the force coming to life with a bright, powerful feeling of relief, excitement, and a quiet undercurrent of something bittersweet and hopeful that tasted like memories. Vader rubbed a thumb over the back of the hand, still loosely resting in his grasp, sending waves of something warm and soft over the fledgling bond as best he could. Luke cast a quick glance and smile up at him, but just as quickly turned his attention back towards the case still resting on the bed directly opposite to him. Then, can I try it now? he asked nervously, gaze switching back and forth between Medic Pally and Valent. It's right there after all. Pelly's eyes widened in surprise as she herself cast over a glance toward the case, bafflement sparking in the forest even as her face gave away only the minimal amount of information. I was under the impression that a prosthesis would still be some ways off from completion, she muttered, eyeing the case with utter neutrality and only an edge of suspicion coloring her voice. It was, Vader confirmed, drawing the attention present toward himself as he tilted his head, considering the case. However, the information you received has become outdated since then, Medic Pelly. With the aid of Luke, I was able to fully refine the design for the prosthesis within just a few days, and I completed the construction of said prosthesis only a little over an hour ago. It is fully functional, however, and ready to be tested by its intended user. Medic Pelly blinked once, but quickly realigned her minds to the new information, once again sorting through the data in front of her with a critical eye. But in that case, she said pensively, scrolling slowly through the results of the data comparison, 
I would give it perhaps a little more time for the nerves to calm after their test, or establishing a connection might aggravate the ache left behind in the ulnar and radius ports. She closed out the data and rested the pad in her lap, but otherwise you should still be ready to be fitted with the prosthesis. A ten-minute wait for your nerves to calm down, I would say, then attempt to establish a connection. Luke made a soft noise that, even with the dark to aid him, Vader couldn't easily interpret. The child's emotions a knot of complicated and contradictory feelings that tangled even further at those words. However, in the end, he nodded and conceded easily to Medic Pelly's advice. Ten minutes on the clock, then, he muttered quietly, sighing deeply. I don't suppose someone can set a timer? On it. Both Volt and Slice said simultaneously as they accessed their gauntlet's data center to set the timer, neither pausing in their task whatsoever as the other did the exact same right next to them. A situation comedic enough that it at the very least got a slight laugh out of the little one. Thanks, guys, he said quietly, still leaning against Vader for support and seemingly fully content in that position. I appreciate it. No problem, sir, Volt replied as he dropped his gauntlet, the built-in data center beeping twice to signify the start of the countdown, only slightly offset by the gauntlet of his twin doing the exact same thing. Slice nodded in agreement. No trouble at all, sir. He then tilted his head as he glanced towards the case. Now, I know to set the timer, but am I the only one incredibly curious as to how that thing looks? No. Half of the troopers immediately replied in perfect sync. Absolutely not. Boomer added on for further emphasis before turning his gaze towards Luke and Vader, eyes wide and pleading. Come on, please, sis. Can't we have a look at what you two cooked up? Please. He added. Hands folded in such a ridiculous begging gesture, he had no idea how the man expected it to be successful, or at least not successful on him. Luke, on the other hand, seemed to be more permissively inclined as he laughed and nodded. Fine, fine, I've got to say, I'm rather curious too. He glanced up towards Vader, something sparking and twinkling in the two bright eyes. What do you think? Can we have a look? Force, he couldn't say no to those eyes. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he realized that might become a problem in the future, but at the moment, he couldn't bring himself to care. Huffing out of breath, he inclined his head. Very well, little one, he allowed. Let us take a look. Triumphant sounds and even more cheers sounded through the recovery ward, both him and the medics looking on in amusement as the clones trudged over to grab the case off the bed, hauling it over to Luke where it was placed beside him on the covers. Luke pulled in his legs as the case was placed in front of him, and under the expectant and excited gazes of the clones, he carefully clicked the lock on the case open and lifted the lid. The nova of awe, joy, and excitement that burst to life in the Force with all the power of a star was both as blinding as it was welcome, Luke gasping happily as he clapped a hand over his mouth. The clones whistled lowly and made exclamations of similar awe, but Luke's sheer and vertigo-inducing power of emotions meant that Vader hardly registered them at all. Dropping his hand from where it was covering his face, Luke beamed, wide and teary and bright at the sight of the prosthesis that lay within the box, emotions slowly settling in from an explosive nova into something quieter and yet no less powerful. Gratitude that chased through the air, twinklings of awe, and a sweet, deep warmth that reminded him all too much of a memory half-buried underneath the sands of time, from a night in the desert with his mother all those lifetimes ago watching the stars. The little star slowly shook his head as he made a gasping noise that sounded all too close to a sob. I love it, he said softly, voice fragile. It's perfect. I am glad you think so, Luke, he responded just as softly. 
It's a bit more than perfect. Puma said loudly, hands interlinked on top of his head. Just look at that thing. It's some impressive engraving, sir. Cody agreed with a slight nod as he looked down into the case, approval ringing through his signature. Forget the engraving. Look at the color, Slice said, reaching a hand out and pulling it back at the last second, as if afraid of damaging the lightsaber-resistant construct. I must say, Medic Pelly said as she leaned in from her seat to peer into the case, I don't think I've ever seen a prosthesis quite like it, even in all my years of working with amputees. She eyed Vader with a bit of wariness, but curiosity seemed to overwhelm her caution towards him. If I may ask, what's it made from? What's the design? Normally one doesn't see completely encapsulating plating like this unless it's on a non-neural connected prosthesis. Feral, he answered curtly. And the encapsulation is an optical illusion. In truth, the casing is made of many different panels that all interlock with one another. They will allow for mobility and flexibility when the hand rotates and bends. Pelly made an intrigued sound as she leant further in over the case. Grooveless fits. Most intriguing. I wouldn't have thought of them. Vader didn't bother acknowledging her mutterings when the corner of his eye caught Luke carefully reaching into the case and pulling out the prosthesis, laying it over his lap as he examined the hand from all different angles. The hand, the wrist, the arm, the socket that would fit over and cover his stump, and especially the connectors lining the inside. Tiny nubs of blunt, needle-like connector rods, each around the length of a fingernail, covered the whole inside of the socket in the exact same grid-like pattern as the ports on Luke's arm. Reaching his hand in, Luke thumbed one of the rods, the little thing rolling back and forth in its ball socket as Luke fiddled with it. "'How will I fit into all the ports at the same time?' he asked, concern layering his voice as he fiddled a bit more with the connectors. "'They all seem a bit too wiggly to just politely cooperate.' Magnetism, he answered promptly, well familiar with the workings of a more modern prosthesis than his own. Both your ports and the connection rods are slightly magnetized and will attract one another into the proper position easily. All you need to do is align them properly, he assured. Is that how it'll work with the anchor ports as well? Luke asked while eyeing the far larger twin connectors that would slot into the anchor ports. Partially, he answered as Luke lightly traced a finger over them. You will need to align those manually, but there will be magnetism as well as a mechanical locking mechanism in place to prevent the arm from simply detaching at the slightest outside force. In other words, Luke muttered, a light smile dancing around the corners of his mouth as he traced the parts of the prosthesis that would grant him the ability to feel with two hands once more. You lock it in and load on up. He huffed out a soft laugh and relished in how it made near everyone but Luke rear back in surprise at the odd sound his vocoder produced with the input given. Yes, I suppose that is about accurate. Luke grinned as he looked up at him, wonder and excitement written all over his face and within the force, Vader's chest full and light with pride at the fact that he had been able to inspire such feelings within the little star. So how much longer until we can give it a spin? It must have been the Force. There was simply no other explanation given for the fact that both Volt and Slice's gauntlets started chiming at nearly that exact moment, the beats slightly off cadence to each other and forming a cheery chorus. A coincidence to the extreme. Well, Luke said as he cast an equally amused and baffled look at the two troopers currently busy attempting to shut off the timers. It seems my question answered itself. Indeed it did. Vader agreed, watching the troopers flail with some amusement before directing himself back towards Luke. 
Are you ready to proceed, then? There is no residual discomfort. Nope. Luke informed him cheerfully, even as his signature rang with a giddy nervousness. Heaving out a deep breath, Luke squared his shoulders as he nodded. Let's do this. He smiled as he switched his gaze back and forth between Vader and Medic Pelly. What's the first step to all this? Medic Pelly huffed out a slight laugh and slid her chair backwards, stepping slightly out of the way. I will leave this one to you, my lord, she said with a slight bow. I don't think I'd be able to outdo the designer in this aspect. Nodding as he stepped forward, he pulled in the chair with a thread of the dark. Very well, Medic Pelly, he rumbled out. Sinking down into the chair until he was at a more equal height with Luke, the little star blinking at the change of person next to his bed, but beaming wide as Vader reached out to guide him in how to attach his prosthesis for the very first time. I designed the ports to be easy to attach and detach. Even as this is a prosthesis made for long-term wear, and will not need to be detached for any reasons other than maintenance or comfort, he explained as he slid a hand under Luke's own to guide him in angling the socket for proper attachment. Due to the magnetics I explained earlier, you will only need to worry about aligning the two rigid anchor connectors. The others will follow suit. So, like this? Luke asked as he tilted the socket slightly to the side to even out the ulna and radius connectors with the corresponding ports. Exactly like that, he confirmed. Now then, simply keep your arm steady as you slide them in, and... Luke followed his instructions to the letter, and with a hiss of air getting sucked out of the seals and a click of the magnetic slotting into place, the hand attached itself over the stump of Luke's right arm. Just like that, he whispered breathlessly. As Luke shivered through the sensation of the neural connection awakening for the first time, the force chirping with a mixture of surprise and mild confusion. Luke hissed as he vigorously rubbed at the arm. Oh, that feels weird and promptly froze in place as a realization visibly hit home with the impact of a meteor in a manner that Vader could understand all too well. Even if he was sure that his experience had never been as intense as what Luke was living through right this moment. I can feel it, he stated. Voice flapped even as the shock visibly set in, eyes wide as he pressed his other hands a bit firmer into the enameled metal. It feels weird, but I can feel it, he said voice breathless with the realization, something building deep within the iridescent star of his signature. Try to move it, like you would your flesh and blood hand, he suggested quietly, enchanted by what was happening in front of him. Luke did, and when the prosthetic hand, pale and strange with its enamel design and joints of mirror-polished brass, moved for the first time, delicately lifting up from the bed as the fingers soundlessly effortlessly uncurled and splayed wide. He didn't think anything would ever quite compare to the little star's silent awe, as the prosthesis behaved exactly like a hand should. For a moment, the recovery ward was utterly silent as Luke carefully ran the gamut of motions and gestures with his new hand, curling and uncurling the fingers in all manner of configurations and rolling the wrist at the same time. Not once did the prosthesis falter or fail. A quiet, shuddering gasp rose into the air as Luke, eyes wide and watery, carefully ran his two palms along each other, threading the fingers together, the soft silicone finger pads flattening slightly under the pressure and sending all manner of sensory information through the artificial nerves. He wouldn't be as detailed as his organic hand, Vader knew. Technology simply hadn't progressed far enough yet to mimic the sensations human nerves could detect and transmit, but... It was still more than he would be able to feel without the prosthesis. 
It was something. He nearly didn't dare move as he watched Luke test out his new hand, his four signatures spiking alternately with shock and joy at every new thing he tried, giddy like the child he still somewhat was. Then Luke's gaze and beaming smile turns towards him, bright and open and full of joy and awe at experiencing something new and strange, and Vader froze even further. Would have stopped breathing if his respirator allowed for it. Slowly, with a bit of hesitation, he held up his artificial hands towards Vader. The engraved palm and fingers splayed outwards in invitation. With his own moment of hesitation, he lifted up his own hand, splaying out his fingers much like Luke, and accepting the invitation for touch, carefully pressing his own leather-covered palm to Luke's, threading their fingers together loosely. He couldn't feel much more than the pressure from it, but he hardly needed to. Not when Luke's smile and signature nearly went Nova with a deep, heartfelt joy that was nearly blinding to look at. He could feel the eyes of the clones and medics upon them, but in that moment, neither they nor anyone else hardly mattered at all. Because he was Luke, his little star, his home, beaming bright with tears in his eyes as, for the first time, he reached out and touched another person with his new hand. And the person he chose for that, against all logic and reasoning, was him, Darth Vader. As the Force sang with joy and a deep, all-encompassing warmth, settling deep into his bones and blood like it wished to become a part of his very core. And seated there amidst the Force and the dark, fingers entwined with a nova of joy and gratitude. And for a moment, he could think something daring. He could think that it was a warmth that felt like love. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Dockeray, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.